Welcome, friends, to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. We are proudly brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use the code FIT for 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, welcome. We head into week 11 of the NFL season with tons of injuries to navigate, which we will get to shortly. But before we get to Tom, our uh, our main guy here in, in, in this show, we're just going to speed around the NFL with some real quick updates here and some things that I learned through week 10 and, and more than halfway through our fantasy season. Uh, and Tom, feel free to chime in, but I'll ask you your takeaway shortly. But uh, just a couple of takeaways here. Patriots are awful. <laughs> Mac Jones got benched. Uh, Josh Dobbs, a big name in fantasy and just in real life football right now. Guy's a hero. Just wait for JJ to return. I think I saw a crazy stat that like with JJ, they were one and five and I think four and oh since he came back, which is crazy. CJ Stroud continues to be the truth. Texans five and four. You got Trevor Lawrence continuing to disappoint. He's QB 18. You had the Niners smacking the Jags 34 to three. Lions looking great. You got Montgomery, Gibbs, St. Brown, all studs for the rest of the season. Got to bring in Arthur Smith, who lost yet again to now a two and eight Cardinals team. Bijan did get the touches, which was nice. Jahan Dotson, I wrote this down. That guy stinks whenever Curtis Samuel plays. Ravens played an awesome game. They lost to the Browns. Mitchell, crazy uh, rest of season upside. Keaton Mitchell, the Giants, Tom, lost 49-17. to 17. <laughs> Awful. The Jets are a freaking atrocity. Even that Monday night game was crazy. The Bills upset the Broncos at the 12. I fell asleep but woke up and saw the 12 men on the field call. But some crazy stuff as always, Tom. Any major takeaways from you? First off, welcome. And any any major takeaways from the doctor of physical therapy? What's thank, going on? What you thank got? you. Happy to be here as always. This is just, I can't remember a season that has had this much unexpectedness happen. Um, just across the board, everything you just named there are stuff that the beginning of the season we were not expecting other than maybe the Patriots not being so great, yeah. uh, which by the way, everybody listening, I'm assuming has at least one friend who's a Patriots fan. This is the perfect time to make sure that after every single game, you immediately text them and say Patriots stink or something like that. Cause for years you haven't been able to do that. Now you can, I do it every single week. It's great. Um, Outside of that, I would say my biggest takeaways is CJ Stroud. How incredible is he? He looks the part. He sounds the part. He clearly is in control of that locker room. And it's just it was the second overall pick, like the high expectations, of course. Yeah. But to be playing this well, this early on a not very good roster, but making right. guys like Noah Brown look really, really good who, by the way, he's 27 years old, Noah Brown is, and he's just now <laughs> have like playing well. Like, you don't see that a lot with receivers, and I think Stroud is a big reason for that. But yeah, everything that you named is just like storylines that we would not have expected beginning of the season. Absolutely. And CJ Stroud, you're right. His leadership, he's just a winner. They showed some to the stats going back to college and high school. Like Noah Brown, uh, Tank Dell. I mean, Tank Dell had a nice preseason. We knew he was good. Like 
Nico Collins, they all of a sudden have like an amazing wide receiver group there because of CJ Stroud. But God, Tom, imagine in August me saying Trevor Lawrence, QB 18, shocked in, in that Bijan got touches. Holy moly. I mean, Giants losing 49 to 17 is something that we might have been able to expect, but the Broncos beating the Bills, just a crazy season. Like Tom said, Go check in with those Patriots fans. Rub it in their face. Uh, they are somehow worse than the Giants. I don't know if you saw the game, Tom. They Mac Jones or no? Who is uh who came in? Not Zappy. Who the hell's the uh who's their backup? Because they benched they benched Jones and somebody came, whoever it was. The name is slipping. They did like a fake spike and just threw it up in the yeah, triple Zappy. cup. Zappy. Oh, it was Zappy? Yeah, okay, Zappy. all right. I mean, just a, just an atrocious game there, but crazy stuff as always. And and the NFL. <laughs> It's pissed me off a lot this season, Tom. I've gotten like the flags and this and that. But listen, at the end of the day, still going to watch football, still going to love it. And of course, now transitioning a ton of injuries, um, some pretty big injuries, too. And also, Tom, we have a lot of guys returning and coming back from injuries. So that's what we're here to do. Got a lot of fun segments today, but let's dive into the injuries. We'll start with some quarterbacks, Tom. Talk to us about Derek Carr. So a shoulder injury, saw some things that he was fine after testing, but what's going on with Derek Carr? What can we expect going forward? It's a shoulder and a concussion, and the reports out of New Orleans are that it's really more the concussion that's the problem. But we need to remember that Carr has already dealt with an AC joint injury on the throwing shoulder earlier this season. So this uh, this new shoulder injury just kind of adds on to that, but they do have the bye week coming up. So at the moment, there's really no concern for his shoulder going into week 12. Now we know concussions average return to play is 16 days. We've seen a lot of guys this year. It takes two or three weeks for them to return from that. Again, they have the bye coming up. So definitely possible for him to clear the concussion protocol before the next game. And we'll check in on him again next week. All right. Sounds good. Well, time by for them from an NFL, you know, forget the, the fantasy aspect. I mean, Derek Carr's QB 19 right now, which is, is not good, but even from an NFL and real life perspective, he has not been good. I mean, I watch a lot of these saints game. I mean, I games, I have implications there, you know, in fantasy and in betting or whatever, all the guy wants to do is check down to Kamara and Kamara has been excellent. Guy catches a million passes a game, but at least at this point, the Saints are five and five, still in first place in the NFC South, which is crazy to think about. But, you know, Carr, in terms of the league, is 29th in A dot. So that's average depth of target. I mean, he's only thrown 10 touchdowns. So he struggled, even with some freaking awesome weapons, man. Guys got Michael Thomas, obviously Chris Olave, Shahid is a deep threat. Um, you know, the Saints defense, I guess, has been good enough to carry them, Tom. But, Carr, I feel like, is not doing good enough. This is a team I could see sneaking into the playoffs because they have a good defense and, you know, they've got some pieces there. But Carr's got to do more. And we'll leave off here with if Winston, Tom, plays in week, so by this week, week 12, I mean, I'm hoping for it because it's just so much more fun. I think it's a huge bump. I mean, I think it's a huge bump to Olave, to Shahid. We'll talk about Thomas later. But, I mean, wouldn't you rather see Winston back there just like for – fun and for fantasy and for every purpose like for pure entertainment absolutely the world is better when Jameis winston is right. playing football and just being himself with absurd throws that sometimes go for touchdowns for his team and sometimes go for touchdowns for the other team 
It's true. He's just so much fun to watch. I just want this offense to open it up more. And I, I think a lot of that falls on Derek Carr. Again, he like goes so quickly through his reads, and then he just wants to check down, check down, check down. And again, that's great for Kamara, but it's been hurting some of these other guys. Now, Chris Olave, as we wrap up here with the Saints talk, he stepped up recently. Me and my friend, actually, me and James have a bet that he was going to be, for some reason, he came up with a weird number, top 13, I bet. James has been texting me all season. Olave stinks. Olave wide receiver 30. Sneakily now wide receiver 15. Now he's going to have a buy, going to drop down a little bit, but I'm pulling for Winston to play. Uh, you know, no offense to Derek Carr. I do hope he's healthy, but I do like to watch the Saints a lot more when Winston plays. So we'll monitor that after the buy. Another quarterback, another shoulder injury. We're talking surgery here for Deshaun Watson. Been a disappointing year, injury ridden for him on his return year, but what's the deal with him and his surgery and recovery time, all that stuff. Crazy Schefter bomb dropped on us today because we, we knew that he was dealing with a left high ankle sprain. I put out a video on our Instagram the other day about that. We saw that happen at the end of the second half, or I'm sorry, the second quarter, and he was able to play through it, but we didn't know that he was playing through a shoulder fracture. So the report from the Browns says he's dealing with a fracture to the glenoid that requires surgery. The glenoid is the socket, the shoulder socket. It's part of the scapula bone, actually. And it's right where the arm bone, the humerus, goes into the socket. So the glenoid is literally what kind of hugs, although it's, it's not a very deep socket, but I guess you could kind of say it hugs the arm bone. And... Um, the concern that they that they're talking about is if he takes another hit that it's going to fracture even worse to a point where it's just it's not only fractured but now it's also just kind of flopping around in space which is not good so they're going to repair it and i'm interested if they also while they're in there since he's going to be rehabbing anyway and missing the rest of the season anyway i wonder if they'll just go ahead and, and repair his rotator cuff tear that we know he has. Now, that would likely be a longer rehab. It would probably add to his rehab, but he's going to not be playing until next season anyway, and there's enough time that if they do a rotator cuff repair as well, he could definitely be ready for week one. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, either way, season's over, unfortunately, but should absolutely be ready for week one next year. Okay, how old is he, Tom? He's got to be upper 20s, upper 20s. right? Uh, I don't believe he's in his 30s yet. I'm not sure, but he, the quarterbacks age like a fine wine, so I'm not really <laughs> concerned about the age affecting his recovery here. What the hell do you know about fine wine, Tom? You don't strike me as a fine wine type of guy. You strike me as a Keystone Light on a Friday night type of person. I have been to Napa, and it opened my eyes to fine wine. All right. Fair enough. Um, now the Browns very much in contention, man, six and three, it's going to have to be PJ Walker holding down the fort. I think guys like Amari Cooper should be fine. PJ Walker's okay. I think he's a respectable backup. Again, I'm not targeting to play him in fantasy or in any type of DFS, but he's going to be the guy that comes in. My one comment for the Browns here is to try right now. I know it's probably going to be expensive, but I'm buying Jerome Ford. I like him a lot. I've liked him for a couple of weeks. I like how he's looked. Um, I think he's going to get a ton of carries. That was going to be my big bet for this week, Tom, but I couldn't find it. Attempts this week for Jerome Ford. I think he's going to get the ball a ton. It's supposed to be a really good game this week. I just like him as a player. Obviously, Hunt is still there, and he's going to eat some of the goal line or whatever else, but 
fantasy aspect or fantasy wise here, I really, really do like Jerome Ford um, rest of season. Okay. Move on to a couple guys, a couple more quarterbacks that both have. It's weird. We started the show with two shoulders. Now we have the thumb people, the thumb guys. I don't know how else to make a joke about that, Tom. The thumb people. (laughs) The thumb people. Sure. Here we are. Justin Fields. Let's start with him. I'm hoping to see him back. He's expected to play. Been disappointing mostly because of injury. He's QB 24. But nonetheless, Fields, when he's played, 17.6 points per game. So I'm looking to play him as long as you give me some good news. So what do you got on Fields? Yeah, he's back to practice today. They're expecting him to play. He's had over a month, which with the type of injury he had is enough to get the swelling down, range of motion normalized, and grip strength is probably close to normal. It may not be 100% yet, but they are in a position where they're not playing for the playoffs. So why would they risk their best asset playing when he's not close enough to 100%? So I'm interpreting their... Expect expectation for him to play as his grip strength is close enough to be really, really effective. And he's also a guy that I don't think you start Justin Fields purely from his passing upside, which is what would be affected by grip strength. He's going to, he can run all over the field too. So even if he is a little less accurate, that's not the biggest hit on his fantasy production because he has such a high floor from his rushing. Uh, yeah, I'm totally confident starting him this week. Now, let me ask you this grip strength in your expert opinion, knowledge, does that affect accuracy more or throwing the ball deep more or just, just like everything, basically being a quarterback, throwing the football accuracy is the big one. It could reasonably impact, uh, throwing power. If the strength is so poor that you can't even get a spiral on the ball, but he's not going to play if that's the case, of course. Right. So it's it's more accuracy that we're worried about. And re- it could also impact his ability to handle the ball for fumbles as well, whether that be a handoff or even a defender swiping. Okay. So it could affect some accuracy, could see some errant throws, but you're feeling pretty good about him. And that's why I'm playing him too. You play field for his rushing upside. I'm ready to start him. The Bears this week are pretty big, nine-point underdogs. They play the Lions, so there's going to have to be offense. They're going to have to throw. I think Justin Fields will be able to open it up or run or do whatever he's got to do. And the Lions' D, which has been pretty good, the two the Bears are playing, third against the run, but 20th against the pass. So I know that we don't play Fields exactly for the throwing, but there is going to be some opportunity there. Again, they're such huge, huge underdogs. If I have Fields, I'm definitely playing him this week. Um, Matthew Stafford is our next guy. I just wrote thumb. So you're going to have to expand on that for us. Is he going to come back? Are we going to see Wentz? What's the deal this week? What do you think? He's expected to be back as well. We knew that this was never a very severe thumb UCL injury. So look at it like a grade one injury where it's really just swelling and pain and not laxity or increased motion and, and less stability in that joint. And as of this recording, we don't have the practice reports from Los Angeles yet, but we do have a report where McVay said that Stafford will practice today. So we'll double check that, uh, of course, but I mean, we've got a couple of days before they play anyway, so we'll get updates throughout the week, but it's looking like he should be fine. And again, I don't really expect much of a, a hit on his production. Maybe he misses a couple balls because of some accuracy, but overall, you're not starting him but as far as 
Cup and Puka goes, you should feel comfortable starting them. And Tom, off that, you made a nice call last week. I remember you told me to sit Puka, and you told us to sit Puka, and I don't think he had a very good game, and you even mentioned to play Dotson. And it was hard for me to listen to that, to to sit Koopa, uh, Koopa, <laughs> Koopa Troopa, Puka Nakua. Um, but you've been pretty spot on with that stuff, and it shows you guys and shows all of us that injuries, of course, that's why we do this. They matter tremendously, and that's what we're here to do. But in better news, if he can't play, at least they brought in Carson Wentz. I don't know how sharp he's going to look, but at least it's an upgrade from Brett Rippon. Um, still in this game, overall, a ton of points projected for the game, 47. And they play the Seahawks, which their defense has been pretty generous. Seahawks defense giving up close to 23 points per game, about 240 passing yards, and they're allowing lots of third down conversions, 46% third down conversion rate, which is 30th in the league. I'm picturing them all day, dialing up Cooper Cup, dialing up Puka, especially with Stafford playing. And another guy I'm buying right now off his bad two weeks in a row is the aforementioned Puka Nakua. So if I'm looking to, to, to get somebody cheap who's been struggling, who I think is going to be a really, really solid option the rest of the season, it's Puka. And like I mentioned before, it's also Jerome Ford. All right, let's transition to some running backs. We have Ramondre Stevenson, who I saw with a back injury, Says not serious, but you know what's the validity behind that? What are your thoughts on him? He had imaging done, showed nothing. So I'm seeing this very similarly to Jamar Chase last week. And again, these are injuries I see all the time clinically. People come in with a recent onset of back pain, and it is debilitating. They think the world's ending. And I've had this these types of injuries too. That's really how it feels because when your back hurts really bad, you can't do anything. Good news is... Most of the time, with proper treatment, these calm down really quickly. I mean, within a week, like we saw with Jamar Chase, who was very pessimistic early last week and then ended up having his second best game of the season last week. Yep. Um, and Ramondre has a bye this week, so he'll have a whole week to recover. I'm not expecting this to linger into week 12 at all. Fantasy players should not be concerned. Great news. Great to hear. Mondre's been playable. I think he's, yeah, right now he's RB18. So hasn't been the stud that we wanted him to be, you know, ladder at the end of the second round we've been taking him, but he's come on the last two games, last two games, looking at 29 carries, 175 yards and a touchdown, adding seven catches for 56. That's again in the last two games. So hopefully a buy does them right. And I don't know if a buy is going to do the Patriots, right? They are playing absolutely, like we talked about before, horrendously. I wrote here, Tom, that they're playing worse than Tony Snell did that one time. Please tell me you know that stat line in that picture. 28 minutes, 0.0 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 blocks, 0 steals. I, love uh, I was tired trying to think of something clever. Like, he's playing... Because I watch Family Guy, of course, all the time, and it's like the flashbacks. This is worse than that time, Peter, blah, blah, blah. And I was like saying, the Patriots look worse than that time, and I didn't know what to say, so I just wrote Tony Snell. So <laughs> my mind just works like Peter Griffin sometimes, and and I wouldn't change it for the world. All right. Well, you you are a Family Guy, Joe. Ha-ha. All right. I see what you did there. Next up, Devon A-Chain. Me, he's eligible to return. And, of course, man, a guy that's been <laughs> – just absolutely electric with the football. Yeah, he's RB24, but in the games he's played, 24.3 points per game. And side note here, one of those games he really got like, what, one or two carries? 
So the three games he's really been featured, half-point PPR averaging 31.9 points per game. That's wild. What can you tell us about him? Absolutely insane. Stupid. Stupid numbers. When he touches the ball, he's just gone. It's crazy. So uh, they never really officially told us what his knee injury was, but we know that it was never that severe. A lot of people are are suggesting it's an MCL, and we kind of know that they put him on the IR more as a precaution than anything else, and and sounds like he's been ready to go for at least a week or two. He uh, practiced today limited, but did look good from the reports of practice, and four weeks is a lot of time to get knee swelling, under control, range of motion better, get the strength back, get the confidence in cutting back. So I'm really expecting him to pick up right where he left off. Um, Running backs do average a modest dip of 14% of their fantasy points in the first game after an MCL injury. But like you just said, he's averaging in the games that he's actually played 31.9 points. I will gladly take 14% of that off and still be just fine would would that be like 27 28 oh my lord so it's still a lot (laughs) so yeah yeah if he's playing you're starting him i'm at the point where he could literally only have one knee and you could give me some statistic that it's an 80 percent drop off and that would still be better than some of my options for this week tom it's it's unbelievable we're not going to expect him to go out and score 32 points but like i think there's a lot of hesitancy in the fantasy community because Mostert's done well. I mean, heck, Mostert's RB2 right now. And I wanted to ask you that. I mean, Mostert is whatever. He's 30, 31. We know that he's an older running back. Do you think he's done enough to warrant touches still in this backfield? Or is it going to be maybe not this week, but you think rest of season, it's going to be the A-chain show? Like, it's impossible to tell uh, some sort of split. I I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, They'll definitely split. I mean, think about A-chain's his profile. He's, he's a small back. He's not someone that they want to pound 25, 30 touches a game. And then think of Mostert. He's an older back who has an extensive injury list. So I believe that they want to split it. Also McDaniel comes from the San Francisco system, which always used multiple backs until now they have McCaffrey. But prior to that, it was multiple different backs. So I believe that they want to feature both of these guys. Good thoughts. If you have a chain, stop panicking, stop worrying. You know, Tom, like you said, it sounded like the Dolphins were just being careful with him. And like you said, four weeks seemed like a lot of time and and he seems to be practicing fine. If I have him, I am playing him. And this week, man, the Dolphins should dump on Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. I think we're going to see a lot of running from this team, a lot of offense, probably early. But I think a chain is going to have his fair chance and fair opportunities. I am playing him guy I'm probably not playing is going to be Khalil Herbert. He is was actually what supposed to come back last week, has that ankle injury, really has not been great. Obviously been hurt, I, I, gone IR, but hasn't been good even in earlier in the year. But what do you have on Khalil Herbert, Tom? Really shocking that he didn't play last week. He practiced in full the whole week leading up to the Thursday night game. was a, a surprise inactive and another 11 or so days to recover, rehab. You'd think he would be okay. He's still kind of limited to start this week. And apparently he's also dealing with a shin injury. Um, unclear if that's the same side as the high ankle sprain or not. 
but that's the type of injury that is not surprising to occur after an injury like a major high ankle sprain because, as we always talk about on this show, the ankle is our primary shock absorber. If we're not absorbing shock properly, such as after a pretty significant injury, then sometimes what can happen is you can develop shin splints, which I don't know if that's what he's dealing with, but that's kind of what it sounds like, unless he just got kicked in the shin, which is also possible. So that in itself, though, wouldn't really profile to affect production. So if he does play, I'd expect him to play pretty well on a per-play standpoint. Remember, surprisingly, somehow, even though high ankle sprains are very significant injuries, somehow the data shows that running backs don't take a hit in their fantasy production when they return from it. And as many as 41% of running backs in a sample size of 27 are meeting or exceeding their pre-injury fantasy production in the very first game back. Now, Herbert, I don't think will do that because he was seeing 64% of snaps before he got injured. That's not going to happen with Foreman and Johnson also there. Um, For that reason, I don't think he will meet his pre-injury production level, but on a per-play standpoint, I think he'll be fine. So in situations where you don't have a lot of running back depth, you may be able to play him. It may not be the prettiest start of all time, but I don't think it would be the worst start of all time. Okay. That's a lot to swallow there. Expert analysis. I appreciate that. I mean, I have him and I have Bijan this week on a buy. I have to play him. I'm kind of desperate, but I think that's the only way you play Khalil Herbert is if you are desperate because he's played, hasn't played since week five. And in the five games he's played this year, he's really only had one game where he's even been decent. And again, Bears playing the Lions. They're very likely going to be losing this week. I think Roshan Johnson, who really hasn't gotten that many snaps, I think he's going to be on the field more for the receiving work. And Foreman's been very good in the absence of Herbert. So I think it's a massive risk. I'm not willing to take it you know, at this point in week 11 unless I'm desperate. Um, and also the Lions are, are excellent against the run. So I'm worried about Herbert, you know, basically what Tom said, not from an injury standpoint, but just more of a situational thing. Damian Pierce, next player up. He has an ankle injury, another guy that's been really disappointing. RB 46 on the year, averaging just a measly 7.4 points per game. Sat last week. Are there new updates on him? No, there isn't. He's still not practicing today. So this tells us that it's it's more than a grade one injury. So it's at least a grade two sprain where you have some of that laxity or that loss of stability from the ligaments, which is going to put him at a higher risk for re-injuries and more likely to impact his ability to change direction. But he's really not a change of direction runner. He's a downhill guy. He likes to run people over. So he does profile as the type of running back that would not be as affected by this injury. But obviously if it's significant enough that he's not going to play, then (laughs) you're not going to play him. But also he's been terrible this year and Singletary's been okay and and probably fits this offense better. So even when Pierce does return, I would not recommend starting him. He is a guy, Damian Pierce, that is preseason. I thought he was going to be a guy in that three-down role. Here we are. It's just not looking good, of course, with the injury. And like you said, Devin Singletary, another Week 10 thing that who the hell would have thought 30 carries for 150 yards, five yards per carry and a touchdown? Like, 
I guess he brings that veteran presence to this backfield with the rookie quarterback. I mean, I think D'Amico Ryans, their head coach, offense coordinator, Bobby Slow, I think they'd be crazy to throw Pierce back in into a big role, even if he is healthy. So I'm really nervous about him um, just in terms of his numbers this year. Damian Pierce, 3.0 yards per carry. That's really bad. That's not, not good. That's the territory of Miles Sanders, Tyler Algier, Cam Akers, Rashad White, amongst the most inefficient backs in football. But hey, like we talked about before, CJ Stroud flying high. Real good chance to be the rookie of the year. But I'm sitting Pierce this week again, unless I'm desperate, um, you know, based off the injury. And again, the scenario here. We are thrilled to be partnering with SeatGeek. Go see your favorite team and fantasy stars in action by using the code INJURYFANTASY. They'll give you $20 off your purchase. Works for everything. Once again, guys, that's SeatGeek. $20 off your purchase. Use the code INJURYFANTASY. Tom got six players left. We're going to roll with some Vikings here, starting with the running back, Alexander Madison. In concussion protocol, I know this is usually pretty straightforward, but what do you have to tell us about Madison? Yeah, it's as simple as you pay attention to if he's cleared the protocol or not. Um, like we talked about before, most guys are not clearing it in one week this year, so I would not expect him to play this week, but it could happen. Just keep checking up on his updates. RB27 on the year, 9.1 points per game. This is half PPR. Guy's inefficient. He's always going to be that way. Guy's worse than Avery's diaper rashes from this morning. It's just horrendous. It's bad. It's something you don't want to be involved in. Ty Chandler, told you last week, pick him up. I had no idea this thing would happen to Madison, but Ty Chandler is not great. But, hey, someone's got to tote the rock there. And, Tom, they play the – never thought I'd say this – the red-hot piping Broncos this week who've won three straight. How about that? Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff going on around this world. I think one more win and they're at 500. They're either four and five or four and six. But that should be a good game, especially if we see Justin Jefferson back. I see, I see a lot of stuff that doesn't look like he's going to play. But to be honest with you, I trust you a lot and more than a lot of the crap I see out there. So what do you got on JJ? Shoulder shoulder injury, day-to-day. -day. I mean, what can you tell us? Uh, hamstring injury. I put shoulder. shoulder. Sorry, my apologies. Yes, hamstring. Yeah, you got to learn how to read better. Um <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So he, he's going to probably be a game, a true game time decision. He's one that we will absolutely be monitoring and covering on Twitter and Instagram throughout the week. But here's how I'm reading it. He is, he has stated and the Vikings have stated that he needs to be 100% before he returns. And the reports I saw today were that he's still ramping up and that he's still kind of testing things out. What that means is they're going to want him to have equal strength, equal range of motion to the opposite side, and 90, 90, within like 95% at least. Right. Full sprint speed, which with the technology they have, they're able to track that, and they're able to track how fast he was running before injury. They're going to want to see him changing directions multiple times with like fluidly with no hesitation, no pain, and that he can jump with his normal vertical and there's various single leg tests that they're going to want to see. So with him still ramping up, that means that he has not shown all those things yet. Probably the sprint speed and the change of direction are the, the two things that they're still waiting on. And it's possible that he could achieve that by the end of this week. 
and play Sunday, but it tells us that he's not there yet. So I would err on the side of prepare for him to not play and just be really excited if he does play. <laughs> um, and obviously you're going to start him if he plays. But at this moment in time, I would not expect him to play. So start preparing otherwise, which you've probably already have that in place from him not playing the last several weeks. Right. Okay. Now, on the other side of the field, if Justin Jefferson does play, is our guy Jordan Addison. When do you think next year he gets picked? Because right now, I mean, albeit with Justin Jefferson out, Addison is the wide receiver 12. He is a wide receiver one, almost 13 points per game. Is this, I'll prepare my answer. You go first. Like when, you know, fantasy draft right now, redraft for next year, half PPR, 12 team. When is, when is he going? He's shown that he is a bona fide, capable wide receiver one in this league. Of course, he won't be the wide receiver one as long as he's playing with Jefferson, but that almost bodes in his favor. I mean, think about Calvin Ridley when Julio was there. Uh, both Diggs and Thielen were really, really productive for years. The, the list goes on. Uh, I think he's top four rounds, like third or fourth round. I picture him falling in where a guy like Chris Olave fell this year. I could see him going, man. I mean, of course, it depends how the rest of the year goes. I could see him going early third round next year. He is that good. I mean, there's going to be so many sophomore wide receivers like JSN is probably going to be in that mix. Um, a lot of these guys, so many, so many young players, but I'm excited for him for the rest of this year and next year. But again, we will monitor uh, Justin Jefferson and Tom, another guy that got picked right in that range early third round this year. That's unfortunately been a disappointment is T Higgins. Now I saw that he's already ruled out. Is there anything you want to touch upon for him or for the Bengals or for anything in that situation? Tough season for Higgins. I mean, I drafted him in the third round in my my big league, in which I also lost Nick Chubb. Um, and aren't you aren't, sorry? Aren't you still fighting for a spot in that league? Aren't you in the mix? <laughs> we didn't do so great this week. We dropped to three and seven. So, oh, never mind. I'm sorry. You were optimistic about three and six. I was pessimistic about three and six. You're like, yeah, I'm in this. And okay, so you're you're out. See you later. Okay. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a year to, to forget. Yeah, same. in that league. Um, not going to play this week, but he's a guy I know it's been frustrating rostering him all season. Keep holding him. Keep holding him. Better days are ahead. He's he's going to return for at least the fantasy playoffs, and this team is starting to peak. Burrow's looking really good, and Higgins is going to be valuable this season, just not this week. Fair enough. Another bump definitely for Boyd. I mean, guy had eight catches for a buck 17. Um, he's a guy, T Higgins, that is, that I could see being traded next year just because of maybe he just needs a new place. It's not like he's not playing well. He's been unlucky with injuries, but he's a guy that I could see being moved for sure. Next guy, Tommy, got three player or four players left. Michael Thomas, a knee injury. Um, I read, hopefully I could read well this time, Tom. I read that it was fairly significant. What the heck does that all mean? They haven't told us. <laughs> so there's a lot of tissues in the knee that if injured, it could be a fairly significant injury. Um, I don't know if that means he's going to need surgery. It certainly could from those words. But uh, the thing is, they're on their bye this week, so we're not going to get reporting from them probably until next week, unless he undergoes surgery, which I don't know that that's going to happen. I'm 
I'm just saying that that's probably the only way that we would hear any reports before next week, simply because they're on a bye. All right. And Michael Thomas, when he has played, only scored double digits, half-point PPR, once this year. So, again, Saints are on a bye, but if he's going to be out for a while, I mean, listen, the combo of him possibly, who knows, like you said, with all these tissues missing time, and maybe, maybe Jameis Winston, Chris Olave, that guy is going to eat, man. I cannot wait to watch that happen, and I hope it does happen. But, you know, we do also hope for the health of others. I'm just rooting for Chris Olave. All righty. On to the best wide receiver room in the NFL. And we're, of course, talking about the Texans with Nico Collins and a calf injury. I mean, they're doing all these things with, what do you say, 27-year-old Noah Brown and obviously rookie Tank Dell and CJ Stroud. What a freaking team. But imagine when they get Nico Collins back. What's going on with him? Can we expect him to possibly play? Oh, my goodness. You just said that they have the best receiver room in the NFL. That's that's. Now, that is slightly sarcastic, everybody. I'm not sure how serious I am. I'm, I think I'm kind of serious, uh, but you know, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Their, their quarterback's pretty good. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, Come on, man. Noah Brown, guy's elite. Guy's a first-rounder next year, Noah yeah. Brown. He's the best. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you pick him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, Nico missed last week with the calf injury. He did return to practice today, although... I did see a tweet from, I forget where, early in the day saying he wasn't going to practice, but he did, in fact, practice. Uh, let's think about the function of the calf. It functions like a spring. So when the foot hits the ground, the Achilles and calf complex loads, and then as it gets ready to push off the ground, it literally recoils and pushes off. So when there's an injury to one of the calves, you're not getting that same recoil that as the other one, which is going to impact acceleration, speed, power, explosiveness, et cetera. And this is why we see a gigantic dip in fantasy production, 45% dip in fantasy production wow. from receivers in their first game after a calf injury. And that's a sample size of 17. It's, it's not tiny. Only one player there met their pre-injury baseline in the first game back and Joe, can i guess can i guess who it was yeah please guess this I, this goes goes back to 2017 i just want to say julio jones because he's always like defying things and always hurt back in the day no good guess it was from it was actually from 2017 when our data set starts so i'll give you one more guess <sighs> antonio brown yeah that's right yeah all right i'm just thinking of stud receivers from that point okay <laughs> Good job. Good job. Do you do you follow that guy on Twitter, by the way, or on I any social media? Don't think that that would be good for my um, perception of what is sane in this. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not healthy for anyone. That guy is. We should try to get him on the podcast because he might just be crazy enough to to sit down with two football nerds like us and just talk about random things. But that <laughs> that's a topic for another time. Um. Anyway, Nico Collins. Sorry, <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm gonna reach out. Um, yeah, so even if he plays this week, I'm not starting him. I know he's been very good on the year, but 6% of receivers are hitting their pre-injury baseline after this injury. It does get better in games two and three. It gets much, much, much better. So Collins will be valuable again this year. I would just advise against starting him this week. All right, so Noah Brown would probably be the better play this week. And that's... <laughs> 
situation. Nico Collins, though, man, why, even though he missed time, wide receiver 16 still, man, 13.3 points per game. He's another guy that's going crazy. And again, can't say enough good things about the Texans at five and four now, I believe. And CJ Stroud, I mean, we it's been the CJ Stroud show, but that guy is legitimately in the MVP conversation, which is something that is absolutely wild. No Giants are in that conversation, unfortunately. Uh, not Saquon Barkley with his uh, now just popped up with an ankle injury. Told you to sell this guy a month ago. I'm fed up with the Giants. Been fed up with the Giants. It's a waste. Uh, Giants have a bye coming up. Still not next week, but eventually they do have their bye. They play the Eagles twice still, even though one's in week 18. I'm still trying to sell Barkley. Now another injury. I mean, I, I, what can you tell us about him? Yeah. Uh, first off, one of my coworkers is a Giants fan, and you've got to imagine the agony of being a Giants fan in Philadelphia. Nope. He, oh, man. We we give it to him every day. It's great. So <laughs> <laughs> clip that. We give it to him every day. It's great. <laughs> uh, anyway, Saquon aggravated his high ankle sprain. As we remember, he had that high ankle sprain is uh, week two or three of this year that he missed a couple weeks with aggravated it last week, which that's just unfortunately the nature of these injuries. It's very, very common for that to happen. Jonathan Taylor last year, three times, same ankle, same high ankle. Um, the, the good news is it doesn't sound very severe. He was able to practice today a little bit. Um, doesn't sound like he's at risk for missing the week. And as we know from our data set, somehow this injury is as significant as it is running backs don't see that much of a dip in their production when they return from it uh, but definitely increased risk for other injuries going forward forward whether that be another high ankle sprain or even up the chain in the knee hip etc so bottom line you're not going to sit saquon barkley if he plays but it's just not looking like he's going to have a league winning season no, unfortunately not. That ship has sailed and it's been gone. So unfortunate, but uh, the, the the world goes on. And again, one week closer to the Giants, hopefully getting one of those top draft picks. Last guy, Tom, it's Keenan Allen, a guy that has, he's wide receiver three right now, but a this one is a shoulder injury. I got that right. I know it. And he did not practice today. How's it looking for him? They play, let's see, they play Sunday, 1 o'clock. They play the Packers. So at least it's an early game. But, uh, you know, what What more can you tell us here on Wednesday night about Keenan Allen? We saw this happen. Um, I put up a Instagram video on our Instagram page, Fantasy Injury Team, pretty much outlining what the injury was. We saw him land straight on the side of his left shoulder with the defender landing on top of him. Classic way to injure the AC joint. Uh, and remember, with the AC joint, there's six different grades, one through six. We remember Anthony Richardson, grade three AC joint injury. That's borderline of whether rehab will work or if they need surgery. Richardson, of course, needed surgery. Keenan Allen returned to the game and scored a touchdown. So that tells us right there, it's a minor, grade one or two. Not practicing today. Well, guess what? He's been in the league 10-something years. He doesn't need to practice. So <laughs> I am... I'm not expecting this to be a problem for him. Upper body injury, not going to affect his ability to run routes, run after catch. And he's already demonstrated that he can still catch the ball as he returned to the game after the injury. He is, of course, make sure that he's practicing throughout the week. Make sure that he does play Sunday. But as long as he plays, fire him up. Have to fire him up. Now, on the off chance that he does not play, 
do what I was doing some research on what the odds were. Just take Eckler everything. I don't care if it's inflated. I don't care how high it is. It was going to be my bet of the week, Tom, but it's something like minus 155. So the odds aren't great. Eckler to score. But my goodness, man, Josh Palmer on the IR, Mike Williams out for the year. If Keenan can't play or if he's banged up a little bit now, side note, I don't even know that I could play Quentin Johnston still, even if Keenan Allen is out. But again, like Tom said, man, if Keenan is in, you're playing him. And I'm still loving Eckler for basically everything this week just because they have to give the ball to somebody. All right. Any other players, Tom, that we're monitoring? Anything else that you want to touch upon quickly here? Yeah, we got quite a few. These are all in the article I posted today on fantasyinjuryteam.com. Baker Mayfield dealing with a thumb injury. It's very minor. He's not going to miss any time. Deontay Johnson also dealing with a thumb injury. Missed practice today. At this time, it's not that alarming. I mean, he played pretty much the whole game last week, or at least a normal snap share. And uh, again, upper body injury, not going to affect route running, run after catch. As long as his thumb's in a good enough place that he can catch the ball, should be fine. But we'll keep an eye out for that. Dalton Schultz, hamstring injury, limited in practice today since he's able to practice in some capacity, tells us it's minor. Tight ends do not see any decline in their fantasy production after hamstrings. Pat Fryermuth also, he's been on the IR with that hamstring injury. They opened up his practice window. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it to see if he's good to play this week or not. Uh, your guy, Joe, Noah Brown, didn't practice today. Uh-oh. Knee injury, they're not telling us much more than that at this time. So, again, just one that we'll monitor. We'll put out tweets and videos later this week about him. Your guy also, Jalen Hyatt, concussion. <laughs> no, 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 stop, stop. He's not my guy. It's your guy. I don't don't think so. No, no, no. (laughs) Concussion. We'll just have to see how he gets through the protocol. And Falcons quarterback Taylor Heineke with the hamstring injury. Uh, Doesn't sound too severe, but we'll keep an eye on him as well. And they have a bye, I believe. Yes. Beautifully said. And I do not say this lightly, Tom. You are the best injury uh, uh, analyst in the business, and we appreciate your input. Okay. Let's move forward. We're going to shake up the order a little bit. And I have a little surprise segment for us and for Tom. This was not included in our script here. Let's quickly, let's hit the Vampire Diaries. We'll shake up the order a little bit. Tom got great news to share. Got another win. So we beat Baldino, 89-78, another low-scoring battle. We are now 7-3 and three in the Vampire League. We stole. It was a tough one. I was between Kamara and ETN. I stole ETN just because I love his usage and I'm slightly worried about Carr's health. So if Winston plays, there wouldn't be as many checkdowns. But again, seven and three, Stoli TN. If I could, this is the big one. I say this every week. If I could win this week, I will be able to get CMC. If my opponent plays him, probably won't. He's already messaged me about it. I don't think he listens to the show. He already messaged me. Hey, man, who are you going to steal if, if you beat me? Should I play CMC? Should I not? I need a, It was the whole conversation. So, James, if you're listening, be a man one time. Do it up. Play your whole team. Let's go for it. Okay. Surprise segment, Tom. So I do a lot of research. I love fantasy football. And throughout my research today and yesterday and earlier in the week, I found there's a lot of guys in the NFL that have names that we 
didn't think was their real name. Like somebody like, I'll give you an example here to start. Uh, somebody like, and you guys at home, I'd love you to, I'd love for you to play. Somebody like Chris Godwin. Do you have any idea, Tom, what his real name is and that Chris is not his first name? Christopher. Uh, no, Chris Godwin's real name is Rod. R-O-D. What? His name, Chris Godwin's real name is Rod Christopher Godwin Jr. So I stumbled upon 14, 13 of these. So we're going to play a little game. Tom, I don't expect you to get more than two of these right, but I think it'd be hilarious just to hear your guesses. And if you're at home, play along, shout some names out. Let's see if you know the real names of these NFL players. Absolutely insane. It's just hilarious. I'm laughing here. So let's start with, let's see. I'll start with an eagle for you. What is AJ Brown's real name? AJ. Oh man, I should know this. Um, Alshon Jeremiah. <laughs> you were going to say Alshon Jeffrey. His name is Arthur Juan Brown Sr. So that's no an interesting way. one. That is that's, his name. I love that. I'm going to start with some of the easier ones. Um, do you know C.D. Lamb's name? What C.D. is? Uh, Christopher. Oh, God. Nope. <laughs> just keep guessing. Don't feel bad. You have to just keep guessing. It's impossible. It's literally impossible to actually guess. Um, Sedarian DeLeon. Lamb. Sedarian oh, like DeLeon. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a cool one. Pretty classic white names here. TJ Hawkinson. What's the T and the J? These should be easier. Thomas John. Thomas James. Okay, we'll give uh, you credit. Okay. He's Thomas James Hawkinson. Okay. <laughs> DJ Moore. Um, David Jonathan. DJ Moore's real name. I don't know what the J is. Deniston Oliver Moore. Deniston Oliver, I feel like I'm at graduation reading off people's names. Oh. Deniston, Oliver, I don't know. I maybe Where's I come from. I, that's a great question. Let's move on. Uh, Zay Flowers, what is the Zay? Oh, it's not Zay. Nope. It is that short for something. The sound Zay is in the name. Oh boy. Yeah, it is. Uh, how many letters? Six starts with an X. Xavian, yes, very good. Hell yeah! So I guess it's Xavian or Xavian, whatever. Uh, next up was Chris Godwin, which Rod. That's the thing is, all of these players, I am never going to look at the same again. Oh, there goes Rod again for a nice catch. (laughs) Okay, uh, Tank Dell, because Tank is not even close to his real name. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Tank Bigsby. I know I. I should have looked that one up too, but I don't. I don't have big. I don't I remember what his is, but I remember hearing it. Um, right. t- yeah, Tank Dell was named Tank because his head was big or something. Um, no, that was Puka. That was Puka Nakua. <laughs> and it was both. I don't know. Oh, because Puka, Puka. That baby. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Tank. His first name is definitely um, Robert. <laughs> You've put so much thought into that to say Robert. Uh, Tank Dell's real name is Nathaniel Jasper Dell Jr. Oh, I knew that one. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, Tank didn't. Bigsby, by the way, is Cartavius Bigsby. Okay, That's got a couple. Awesome. Yeah, got a couple more. Raheem Mostert. 
just throw something out there. I don't know. I hope you guys are playing at home, by the way. Raheem Mostert. It's not Raheem. What? <laughs> That's his middle name. Oh, um, Brian. Dominique. Dominique Raheem Mostert. What about Dak? You might know where Dak comes from. Dakota. Yes, correct. That's actually one. That no, that's his middle name though. Oh damn! Um, You're not going to get it. His first name is Rain. R A Y N E. Rain Dakota Prescott. What a good one. Uh, C J Stroud. Any idea? I don't know where the J comes from in some of these names. I just I need to look this up again. Go ahead, C J. C makes sense. Cordell. No, it's no. I looked it up again. It's Coleridge Bernard Stroud the fourth. He's no longer the MVP, unfortunately, with that going on. Coleridge, actually, maybe he's more of an MVP. I love that man. Coleridge Bernard. Okay, Uh, Josh Dobbs. That's actually his middle name. His real name, Josh Dobbs, is Robert Joshua Dobbs. Uh, Two more. Mac Jones. It's McConical. Uh, Michael. No, it's no, it's, it's McConical. Well, I think he got a change to that. I read legally, but or not McSomething, McC- but his real name is Michael McCorkle Jones. Oh, McCorkle, that's what it was. McCorkle. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is ridiculous. Um, Matthew Stafford's first name is not Matt or Matthew. What is it? John. John Matthew Stafford. That's boring. Well, he's from Georgia. A lot of them do that down there. Yeah. And last one is Brees Hall. Uh, Terminator. Booby Ricardo Juan Lopez Sr. the eighth. No, I'm just kidding. I made that one up. <laughs> no, Brees Hall is his real name. That's the only one that was made up. But all of those, there's probably like 10 more players I could have done. But that it's actually crazy. Like, again, the one that continues to stick out to me is just Rod. It just, I'm like dying laughing at that. that. <laughs> all right. Fun segment, Tom. You scored a like 20%, which in reality is like a B plus or an A. So great job with that. Okay. Two more little parts left, Tom. Let's hit our sleeper picks here. And, and guys, we're very, very proud and very excited to be sleep, uh, teaming up with Sleeper. Check them out, guys. Go to sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. That's F-I-T. $100 match. So that's sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. Currently, I'm four and six on the season. Finally got a, a back in the win column last week. Hit the Trey McBride over. Um, you know, whatever you got it at, whether it was 46, 47, couldn't find a line on it. He hit easily with 131 yards and for the first time all year i'm not taking an under tom but i'm actually going to run this right back and this is not just me being lazy because of course i did my research run it back i'm doing it again this week i'm taking the trey mcbride over receiving yards two weeks in a row i don't think people are respecting him enough in an nfl and from a defensive scheming standpoint or from vegas's odd standpoint now they bumped it up a little bit 53 and a half i'm still taking it trey mcbride is a freaking baller Dude caught eight passes last week for 131 yards on nine targets. Sign me up, man. They're playing the Texans, who are we know are going to score points. Um, the Cardinals are going to have to score points as well. Texans last week, man, gave up six catches to Tanner Hudson. So if he can do that, I think that Trey McBride is easily going to hit it. And, oh, by the way, the week before that, gave up six catches and 70 yards and two touchdowns to Kate Otten. So there's going to be offense in this game. I love Trey McBride as a player. I got to get to five and six. A big win last week for me after dropping six in a row. 
What do you got, Tom? What's your sleeper pick? Yeah, nice, nice pick there. Um, mine is pretty easy. It's uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to score a touchdown. And um, before wow. last week, he was, what, 17 in a row, and he didn't score last week. He's going to be pissed and hungry, and he's going to get in the end zone. Fair enough. Might have to play a little bit of odds on that one, but I think that hits. All right. Last thing is our little segment, and we got a little shout-out here at 1912 Fantasy. First person to get it. We appreciate you, man. You've been one of our big listeners from the start, so we love you, and we, we genuinely appreciate you sending us that message. So uh, keep going, man. And again, maybe we'll have some prizes eventually or – at least got a little shout out for you, but we'll we'll see what the future brings. And the answer, by the way, last week was the sun god. It was King Louis the Fourteenth. So, got a football related trivia question for you this week, and feel free to, of course, answer this. We would appreciate it. We'll give you a little shout out at injury underscore fantasy on Twitter or on X. So, football trivia question for you. Try not to Google it. Anybody can Google these answers, but try to have some fun. Go for it. And Tom, get your brain going to name the top three all-time quarterback leaders or just leaders in general in passing completions. So name the top three quarterbacks of all time in passing completions. That is your question for the week. The leader 7,753. And we should all know who that is, but do we all know the next two? We shall see. All right, Tom, great show. Any closing remarks? Let's have some fun this week. As always, Thanksgiving's coming up. Let's do it. Good stuff coming up. And thank you guys out there. Throw us a five-star rating. Thanks for joining us. We wish you, as always, guys, the best of luck this week in week 11. And we'll see you next time on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. 